Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Still green and here they come. And here comes Blaney. Ryan Blaney up behind Ryan Newman trying to get him to Hamlin. Newman backed up to Blaney. Big run coming here. To the inside, Newman to the front. Nothing Denny Hamlin could do. What can Ryan Blaney now do? Here comes a push from Denny Hamlin. Oh, this thing's not over yet. Not at all. Ryan Newman off turn four for the final time. Blaney to the outside, to the inside. Here comes Hamlin up the outside. Crash into the wall, into the air. Goes Newman. Upside down. In a shower of sparks on his roof. Ryan Newman comes across the line for it and comes to rest. Scoring unofficial between Hamlin and Blaney as far as who crossed the finish line first. Ryan Newman is being treated at Halifax Medical Center. He's in serious condition, but doctors have indicated his injuries are non-life-threatening. We appreciate your thoughts and prayers and ask that you respect the privacy of Ryan and his family during this time. We appreciate your patience and cooperation and we'll provide more information as it becomes available. It's time for the Fox 4 Race Zone podcast. I'm Sam Atwell. And I'm Brian Dooley. And the news keeps getting better and better and better after the Daytona 500. And we're here to wrap up all that action. We'll talk about all the news of the week and we'll take a look forward at Las Vegas. But first, what an amazing... Horrific finish to the Daytona 500. We we haven't seen something like that in a long time. I mean, something just taken away from the moment of victory lane. Uh, I mean, just I mean, it brought the whole nation's attention to towards it, and so many people were watching that. Just you couldn't help but think the worst. Just it reminded me so much of 19 years ago with Dale Earnhardt Sr. Just them tarping off around the car and you know we weren't able we didn't hear any information until after 9 p.m central time that night um just that waiting and then all you know fox sports is they were already way past their time not only a day late because of the rain so they're trying to get off as soon as they can to get back to regular fox programming and we're just left with no information and then like you said, the news just keeps getting better. You know, it all started with Steve O'Donnell uh, from NASCAR making reading the statement from Roush Fenway saying that, and you heard him just a couple seconds ago in the opener about how Ryan's being treated and he's being evaluated. The injuries are non-life-threatening. And that's kind of how it was left on Monday night. And you're just kind of going, oh, my gosh, I hope Ryan's okay. You know, prayers for his family and his wife, his kids, you know, NASCAR, Roush Fenway racing. And then Tuesday, you heard a little bit more. He was alert, awake, talking to his doctors. You still have not heard anything about the injuries. And then today... He's up walking. He's up walking, and now he walked out of the hospital just a little while ago, hand-in-hand with his two daughters. 
And the video I saw didn't even look like he was... He looked fine. And yeah. that's just amazing. No cast or anything like that. I mean, this shows also, I think, how far NASCAR's come. I mean, there's still... It's never going to be perfect. This is still and will always be an extremely dangerous sport. But the improvements they've done in the last 20 years, this definitely shows it. And, and you know, we talked after Eric Ongarola's crash at Kansas a few years ago. They, NASCAR's still going to look at this and go, how can we improve this even more? I don't – yeah, they will. Absolutely they will. And, and you know, after, after Earnhardt's death in 2001, it was – the year leading up to, to his death was very tragic in NASCAR. Because in 2000, we lost Adam Petty, we lost Kenny Irwin, and we lost Tony Roper. Those three guys died just previous to Dale Earnhardt in the Daytona 500 in 2001. So uh, NASCAR was under the magnifying glass for safety issues. Two of those practice, two of those deaths happened during practice at New Hampshire International Speedway where Adam Petty died and where um, Kenny Irwin died. Tony Roper was killed in a truck accident at Texas Motor Speedway. And then we lost Dale Earnhardt, and then changes began to happen. And, and it, they've they've since then we've not had a we've not had a tragic death. Yeah, at least in you know the Cup Series. I mean, you know, in other racing, dirt track, you know, sprint races, things like that. I mean, you know, deaths can happen at all. I mean, it's still, but for NASCAR, yeah, they've really have made safety their number one priority for these drivers. But I think Monday, Newman's crash, this definitely serves as a reminder how dangerous this sport is. You know, and the, these guys know it. And But at the same time, it's such a relief knowing um, that Newman's able to, you know, two days later walk out of the hospital. Because what worried me, it's it, you know, even after Kyle Bush's horrific crash at the Xfinity Daytona race uh, in 2015. I mean, he was hurt badly, but at least, you, I mean, you you saw them pull him out of the car. You saw that he was conscious and all that. So there was somewhat of a relief. That's, you know, showed that they needed more safety barriers, you know, in the infield, things like that. Right. But this was the first time in a long time that we did not hear from the driver we didn't see the driver get out of the car and you see the ambulances go away it reminded me so much of Earnhardt in 2001 what what struck me as i as i watched the broadcast was how shaken jeff gordon was and mike joy it almost appeared as though gordon had tears in his eyes as he closed out the broadcast i've never he's such a well-spoken such a an accomplished public speaker for him to almost be at a loss for words really, I think, really put an exclamation point on the seriousness of this incident. It was almost like Daryl Waltrip, which Daryl Waltrip was dealing with the emotions of his brother winning, but then his best friend, he, him maybe knowing, knowing it wasn't good. I, I remember, I remember Daryl Waltrip's comment. He, he had just, you know, Mikey's won the Daytona 500. And you could tell the emotion in his voice. You could tell he was in tears. And, and and then there was a pause. He goes, "Oh, I hope, I hope, I hope my buddy Dale's okay." And and he then he asked the question, "Does anybody know is Dale okay?" And then we, you know, we soon later that evening found out that he wasn't okay. We lost Dale Earnhardt Jr. or Dale Earnhardt. But it was 
what a what a mixed set of emotions. It, it was just now. Let me ask: Do you think it was right? I mean, the celebration going on at the time. Yeah, I have I have I have kind of a mixed thought on that. Was it right? I don't know if it was right. Was it wrong? I don't think it was wrong because they didn't know the seriousness of the situation. They didn't know how horrible that crash was. And also, for those listening, you know, Hamlin is not watching this on TV. As soon as he wins, he's taken off. You know, he's won the Daytona 500. He's taken off his radio. He's he's ready to celebrate. Same with the team. They know there was a crash. But like you've said, there's been. I mean, these- how many crashes do we have on the last lap on at, at a lot of races? It just happens, and nobody, nobody, other than if you saw the replay, you you were like, oh, oh wow, that was bad. But Denny Hamlin didn't know that. His crew chief didn't know that. Coach Gibbs didn't know that. The team was focused on Denny Hamlin crossing that line first, and for a little bit, you didn't know if Hamlin was the winner or not. Because there was, it was such a close finish. This is the second time. This is the second closest Daytona 500 finish, and the other one, also it was Hamlin's first win, just edging out Martin Truex Jr. So, I do, I, I, I think people who found fault with with Denny Hamlin's team for celebrating, um, initially, are wrong because you, if you've never been to the racetrack and you've never been on pit road. And, and I've been there during the race and, and reporting, and, and, and it's such a confusing situation. And if you're in the – first of all, if you're a reporter on pit road, you can only see about about three feet of the track because you're there behind the, 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 the crew carts, the toolboxes and everything, and you have no idea what's going on elsewhere around the track. And they were so focused on Denny getting across that line. They saw and it was declared he was the winner. You know, Denny had the, the fist bumps – Pumps in the inside the car. He did. He did do. He did. Did he do his burnout in the grass or wherever? Yeah. And but once they got to victory lane, though, you could tell everybody kind of pulled back. Everybody was kind of subdued. But to find fault with them for that, I I can't do it because first of all, Joe Gibbs is one of the first class human beings on this planet, and he he would never allow his team to do that given the full set of facts. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if. You know, NASCAR might have you know told them you know the, you know keeping things going if they were kind of told to kind of take some of the tension away. And again, at the time, no one really knew. I mean, again, you said you know you see the replay. It looked. I mean, he not only you know went up in the air upside down, but smacked by another car, two hundred miles an hour on the driver's side. It's it just I I didn't see anything like that. It was horrifying. It really was, um, but there, it, it all happened so fast. They get the victory lane. I'm not going to find fault with anybody because none of it was done intentionally. It's the Daytona 500. Everyone in the last lap, already overtime. We're a day later. These drivers are ready to finish this race. They all want to win it, whether it's their first time, second time, third time. Every driver wants to go for it. Give it their all. They have the whole rest of the season to make it points and worry about a championship. This We mentioned this last year. The Daytona 500 is a whole different ballgame. It's a race in its own. It is. And the drivers, when it comes down to the end, last lap, last turn, they're going to push, shove, knock you out of the do whatever. Blaney says he was trying to push Newman. 
and and Blaney wasn't trying to cause any, you know, make it. But there's no there's no blame to be put on anybody here. But I don't know if Blaney was pushing him towards the front. I mean, everyone there, teammate or not, or trying to get to engine the, alliance, trying to get to the finish line. And to kind of kind of put a, a cap on this part of the story. Uh, it was just announced just a little bit ago that Ross Chastain will f- be the fill-in driver. I was, you know, Ryan walked out of the hospital this afternoon with his two daughters in his hand. I'm, I was waiting for the statement to say Ryan jumped on a plane and is headed for Vegas to run on Sunday, but he's not. He's taking the weekend off, and thankfully. He, and he needs it. I think he spent time <laughs> would, with his two girls. I would girls. say he would need Yeah. Well, you, you, you talk about somebody who, who uh, in my opinion, came about as close as you you can come to, and, to, to dying and – walked away not he didn't walk away they carried him away but he walked out of the hospital today i think this is also um remind this is why so many drivers are retiring younger and younger now they start way younger than they ever did before um you know johnson it's and different world johnson and newman's rookie year they were older than you know chase elliott ryan blaney some of the others coming into the cup series now um but this is why they retire. They they want to retire, spend time with their family. You know, they get to a point they 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 can retire. They got the money they need, um, and do other things. Whether it's in broadcasting or what else. You know, Johnson's got his seven championships and you know a few Daytona wins. You know, he's good. I don't know. I mean, Newman. I you know will be back this season. But I'm wondering if after this, this was kind of a wake call. You know, I've done this for. Just as you know, as long as Johnson, who's retiring this year, should I think about it? Yeah, I got two girls. I've had a good run. This was fun, and, and you know, even going part time racing. But you know, in the few years, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Carl Edwards, we've seen so many drivers just retire so much younger. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this story plays out the rest of the year. But on a good note. Let's let's talk about the winner now. Denny Hamlin, three-time Daytona 500 champion. What what an amazing story this is. You know, last year was cool because they won with all the off-season stuff with JD Gibbs passing away and Hamlin and Gibbs were were very good friends. JD Gibbs was the reason Hamlin was there. They won that race and then to come and do it back to back and pick up your third Wow, what a despite the crash and, and and we've covered that. What a great last lap that was. And we haven't seen a back to back Daytona win since Sterling Marlin yes. in ninety four, I think ninety four, ninety five. Yep. So that's incredible too, do it back to back. Um and again, <laughs> you know, the season starting with Joe Gibbs right on the top. They ended the season with the championship and they're back again with the Daytona championship. And I did not think when 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 Denny Hamlin got passed on the back stretch, I didn't think there was going to be anything he could do because as you watch the race all evening long, if you could get out in front, you really could pull away from the pack. And I thought that Newman was going to do exactly that, but there was enough of a run coming off of coming off the final turn to uh, propel Hamlin passed him, and it was a great finish. Despite, like I said, despite the wreck, it was a great finish to the to the Daytona 500. Yeah, I agree, and I think <laughs> Hamlin's Joe Gibbs teammates are going to start 
taking some notes from him, just exactly how the heck he's winning these Daytona 500s. And Hamlin's probably asking them, how are you winning these championships? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, real quick, the top ten. Denny Hamlin was first, Ryan Blaney second, Harvick third, Busher fourth. Great run by Chris Busher, by the way. Ryan Newman crossed the finish line in fifth place. Kyle Larson sixth, seventh Chase Elliott, eighth David Reagan, ninth Ricky Stenhouse Jr., tenth Eric Amarillo. And those are some uh, – it's interesting to look at the, that top ten and you're starting to see the, uh, the, the, the changing of the guard, so to speak, and these younger drivers are starting to become more consistent – and uh, some of those older guys just aren't in the top ten anymore. Clint Boyer, again, had a rough finish to the Daytona 500. Seems like his, his season's starting the same way he did last year when uh, he got into some trouble at Daytona. Uh, he was there up until the end, and I, I really thought at one point he was running fourth. I really thought Boyer might have had a chance to pick up his first Daytona 500, but it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I mean... Let's see. Where did Jimmy the, – the, the final Daytona 500 for Jimmy Johnson found him in 21st. So Johnson's year begins like 2019. And I think all the – Chase L.A. got caught up in that last wreck with Newman. I know that, which was a bummer. Um, I think all of – I don't know if any of the Hendrick Motorsports cars were making – they they had good runs, qualified well. Hendrick Motorsports, I think, always qualifies well at – the super speedways, uh, obviously Chase Elliott has, you know, went at Talladega, um, but their John- trouble started early with with Byron, you know, crashing. You, man, you want to talk about a hard crash? Byron's crash there. I forget what what lap it was on, but it was early on in the race. Um, so their trouble started early and just continued. It was a, it was Byron? Was it was, or was it Bowman? I get the two. It was confused. Byron. It was Byron. It was Byron. Okay. Sometimes I I get the two of them confused because they're both like about seventeen years old it seems like but anyways he had a hard crash and and then it really Hendrick just really didn't do much the rest of the race if Chase could have I think if he could have stayed out of trouble there on that final lap he got spun and uh, I think maybe he might have had a little something because he ran well all day long but uh, just wasn't meant to be and. Hamlin picks up his third Daytona 500. There's not many guys who can say they are a three-time Daytona 500 champion. No, especially in the series now. Is Johnson three or is he just two? I think he's just two. Gordon, Del Jarrett, another three. And look and at the guys who, who only had one. Earnhardt only had one. Darrell Waltrip only and it took had him one. How and long? 20 years to get a win yeah. at Daytona. Tony Stewart was never able to He never achieve. did get a win at the and Daytona 500. Kyle Busch, who's now a two-time champion, he's he his he seems to bad luck seems to follow him at the Daytona 500s. Martin Truex Jr., you know he's been so close, he's not been able to pull it off. And look at Ryan Blaney, a young driver. He's so I I I in the next few years you're going to see one of those you know whether it's Chase Elliott or Ryan Blaney, uh, they're going to pull off I think and get that Daytona win. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, points at this stage really don't matter, but Denny Hamlin is locked into the to the the uh, playoffs with the win at Daytona. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, the, the racing all weekend, we don't talk much here about the Truck Series or, or the Xfinity Series, but the races all weekend long were really good, except for the Daytona or the, the uh, 
Budweiser crash or clash. You know, only five cars finished. There were only five cars running at the end of that race. So I was afraid that we were going to have a week of the duels being crash fest and the, the trucks and Xfinity Series being crash fest. But we, it really wasn't. And, and the, the truck race was a great race if you had time to watch that. And Xfinity was a, was a great race also. So a, what a great way to kick off the 2020 season. Yeah, and we talked a lot of this you know, schedule. In my mind, I'm still thinking we're going to like Atlanta next nope. week. Um, <laughs> going West Coast already to Vegas. Um, we'll just see how the schedule plays out. NASCAR's, you know, going through some changes, trying to attract new audiences. And I think that, uh, you know, with Newman's wreck bringing so much national attention, I think NASCAR might see some TV ratings boost. In, in, in viewership? Yeah, just because people are kind of like, wow. That, I mean, it just kind of reminds, you know, just the craziness of the sport. Um, I know so many people, my parents even, they're not into nascar but for a few years after earnhardt's death they watched races they like the commercials too but it just you, you find out it's more than just cars going in circles yeah after the win uh denny hamlin and his team met with the media and denny hamlin talked and was asked about the win and obviously ryan newman yeah it just um it's a it's a weird balance of you know, excitement and happiness for yourself, but obviously, uh, someone's health and their family's you know bigger than any win in any any sport. So, um, you know, we're we're just hoping for the best. And you can't. What a mixed what a mixed set of feelings for Denny Hamlin uh, to 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 pick up his third Daytona 500 win and then find out somebody's you know you don't know you don't know anything about him. They were it was a horrific crash. And what just what a what a roller coaster of emotions for Denny Hamlin and that whole entire team. And I'm glad that you know Newman is okay, and that now Hamlin can sort of celebrate, you know, just relax a bit, celebrate because I felt bad for Michael Waltrip in 2001. He never was able to really celebrate that his first Cup win and Daytona 500 win because of his coroner and friend, you know, Dale Earnhardt Senior's death. Uh, Hamlin, you know, we mentioned started to celebrate, but once he realized the seriousness of the crash, backed off. And all, any driver, um, competitor or not, they'll understand what they're doing. And, and no one wants to see, you know, a fellow driver hurt or, you know, worse. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, like I said, Joe Gibbs Racing is a first-class organization, and of of anybody, and, and NASCAR owners are are a good lot. Mo, you don't hear, ever hear about a bad owner in NASCAR, really. They they care about their people, and and in my mind, Joe Gibbs Racing is at the top of that. That he's at the top of the leaderboard, and that just because he's an amazing human being, and and for anybody to find fault with them over celebration or or you know what they did after the race. I just, I just don't buy it. In fact, um, we've got we we've got something from Joe Gibbs here in just a, in just a minute. But Newman was also asked about the historical the historical significance of being a three time Daytona 500 winner. I mean, the historical side of things, it's just um, I don't know. I need time to process it. I mean, I I was saying actually at lunch today. I'm like, I just I don't feel good about today. Just. Not because of my car or the speed, just 
you know, we have, we've managed to get to the finish of these races for a lot of years in a row. And it's like, how have we just kept avoiding the inevitable, which is the wrecks. And so, um, you know, really we, we had a great strategy there at the end of stage one to put us up front, um, at the beginning of the stage two. And I was able to kind of maintain a good track position at that point. Um, and, and obviously got shuffled, but, uh, it worked out. But, you know, when I think about the names and, and Chris is always quick to remind me of what a win would do here, you know, where does it put you and, and the names that it puts you with, uh, I, I consider those, you know, <laughs> professors of, of racing like this. And, and I'm just a guy that's, you know, a student. Yeah. Like we said before, there's only so many three-time winners. And there's a lot of no-time winners at Daytona, guys that that uh, were terrific race car drivers but just never could capture the Daytona 500. 20 years for Dale Earnhardt, like we said. And uh, what, an, what an amazing accomplishment because you know if you win the Daytona 500, that's, that's, yours, that's yours for life. Derek, Derek Cope, a Daytona 500 winner. How can Derek Cope have won a Daytona 500 and Tony Stewart did never get there. That's that's just amazing. Now, something I think I remember an interview with Dale Jr. years ago. Um, they asked Jr., would you rather win another Daytona 500 or would you rather win a championship? And Jr. said a championship because Daytona's just a day, but a championship's forever. So I think Hamlin now, he's locked in already to the chase. So his team can now kind of relax a bit. But still focus, and I think if I were them, definitely focus. Well, now Phoenix, I guess, is the it's last the, race. It's the last race of the season. No longer yeah. have to worry about Homestead. Um, but Hamlin, you know, has already got another chance again to go for that. I think now he probably wants that more than ever. He's got the three Daytona 500 championships, um, but he wants that Cub, especially for someone who has come so close so many times. This may be. This, this may be a good year for them. Coach Gibbs took the – I keep calling him coach because he was an NFL coach, one of the only coaches to have won championships in two major sports with the Super Bowl titles and with the uh, Cup Series titles. So just a unique individual. And an, another thing to mention, this is the third Daytona win for t Toyota, which means Hamlin's the only Toyota to get – uh, the, you know, them a win in the Daytona 500. Yeah. But Coach Gibbs took took the opportunity when asked to uh, to kind of apologize about what happened after the race and and let's just take a listen to the coach and and uh, hear his heart. Thank you for letting me say I, when everything happened at the end of the race, I knew that there was a race, but I never even focused over there. I was focusing on our car, and everybody started celebrating it around us. So I say to everybody out there, some people may have saw us and said, well, these guys are celebrating when there's a serious issue going on. So hopefully I apologize to everybody, but we really didn't know. We got in the winner's circle and then that's when people told us later on the winner's circle. So I wanted to explain that to everyone. And it just makes it so hard. Uh, such a close-knit community, you know everybody. And this is one thing, kind of like what Denny was saying, if you think about all the wrecks that we've had over the last, I don't know how many number of years, and some of them look, look real serious, 
Uh, we've been so fortunate. So anyway, I just wanted to say and state that for everybody. That's that's what took place for us. Yeah, just just I can't say enough good things about Joe Gibbs. Uh, just an amazing man. I've I've had a chance to interview him in the past, and just kind, humble. I was a radio reporter from Kansas City. He had no reason in the world to want to talk to me, but he took the time to do that. And and uh, just a class individual, class organization, a great win. And like you said before, they finished the season on top. Guess what? They're starting the season on top. And I think it's not. You, I don't think it's debatable. They are they are the class of NASCAR Cup Series racing right now. Who's who's somebody's got to beat him, but nobody's done it yet. Yeah, and you know, of course, Daytona. We always see drivers we normally don't see perform well. Um, before Newman's crash, he was leading. He was on his way to getting his second Daytona 500. And Chris Busher, his teammate, uh, first year with Roush, uh, top five finish for him. So, I mean, a good start for Roush. A semi-good start for Roush. You know, I'm sure they are just over the hill, thankful um, that all the prayers and everything has worked um, and to see Newman walk out of the hospital with his two girls. Um, so I would say that's, you know, despite Newman wrecking, they would take that him wrecking and him walking out of the hospital rather than the worst-case scenario. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, Ross Chastain will feel informed, but Newman's going to be back. And I think uh, Busher being um, – he raced for Roush in the Xfinity Series a few years ago, got him a championship. And so I'm curious to see what he can do. And, and also, I mean, Ricky Stenhouse, they kind of flip-flopped uh, teams. Stenhouse got the pole. Yeah, I'm curious to see, you know, he's with, you know, Hendrick Alliance now. I'm curious to see what Stenhouse if he can kind of perform anything with that team. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. And like again, you know, just wrapping up Daytona. Other than the horrific crash at the end of the 500, I think NASCAR's got a lot to be proud of starting the 2020 season off with a great race like they did. So on to Las Vegas, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, home of the Bush brothers, home of the Bush brothers. Last time we were in Vegas, oh, shocking. Joe Gibbs Racing, Martin Truex Jr. won in September of 19. Not shocking because that team was just dominated last year. It was ridiculous. And then, in, the, in the spring race, who was who was the winner in the spring race? Joey Logano. Joey Logano. Wow. Pinsky. We talked about that all year last year about Pinsky cars, Gibbs cars. They dominated the first half of the season. It was and- crazy. It was absolutely crazy. And, and I think you're going to see that continue. Um, I'm hoping Hendrick Motorsports has kind of taken some notes, learned some things in the off season, And I'm curious to see, because um, there's so many young drivers there, knowing that Jimmy Johnson, uh, the face of that team, uh, the veteran driver of that team, they know they got to step it up with him leaving. You know, Jimmy Johnson does have four wins at Las, Vo- Las Vegas Motor Speedway, so he's, he's – uh, I think he's just about the most – he's got the most wins of any active driver. There. Well, Bush. I don't see Bush's numbers here, but Kyle has one win, and I don't, see, I don't know if Kurt's been able to pull off a win there. So Johnson with four wins, I think with that experience, you got to look at him. I, he's going to be my pick every week until he wins. I, I Just 
my brain aside, not looking at statistics, Jimmy Johnson's going to be my pick until he wins because it's his last season. I want to see him go out as a winner. I want to, I want Jimmy Johnson to have the Jeff Gordon Martinsville moment. I'll never forget uh, in 2001, my aunt and uncle, it was their 25th anniversary. And for their anniversary, they went down to North Carolina to see all the shops and garages of the teams. And this is just a month before the Kansas Speedway's first race, which shockingly is in its 20th season this year. And I remember them talking about and showing photos of this garage being built near Hendrick Motorsports. And they were like, yeah, this is for their new driver, Jimmy Johnson. And it was like, who is this guy? And I went out the first year to see the practices and qualifying at the Kansas Speedway. And Johnson, who was part-time, well, he was just an Xfinity driver at that time, Bush Series. And he wrecked in practice or qualifying. I was like, God, this is the guy they're, they're taking? <laughs> He wrecked a lot of cars. My brother decided, going into 2002, he's like, you know what? I want to start with, because he was a Jeff Gordon fan, but he's like, you know what? He kind of came into, we started following the sport in like 2000, 2001. He's like, I want to go with someone that's not already well-known. I want to go with someone that is fresh, new. My brother's like, I'm going to go with that Jimmy Johnson guy. And he got a pull at Daytona, his rookie season, and... Just where he's at now, who would have known? Seven championships, all the wins, couple Daytona 500s. I mean, Johnson, no matter what happens this season, he's he's going out a legend. He's got he's got nothing to apologize for. They're, they're on a, a current winless streak. It's now two seasons long without a win. Their last win came in 2017. They've got nothing to apologize for. You're a seven-time champion. You're done. I mean, you've done. You have nothing to prove in this sport. And they they changed the format so many times. And he still won. Yeah, it was just he's he's beaten the uh, the championship playoff format. He's he he's done it all, and he has nothing to apologize for. And I hope I hope he doesn't feel pressure that he has to do something to prove before the season is over. But I do. I hope he gets a win. And if I if I could pick it, you know. I mentioned a moment ago Jeff Gordon's Martinsville moment. What a cool, what a cool moment that was when he got his last victory, and it couldn't have been at a better track for him. I would love to see, uh, well, Martinsville for 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 uh, Jimmy too, because it was the year that he won and didn't go to victory lane because of the tragedy that happened with the Hendrick Motorsports plane crash. But what a great way! That would be a great moment for Jimmy Johnson too. I would love to. I want him to have that before he goes away. And if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. But I would just like to have that one more moment for him, and it would be a great way to close out a an absolute brilliant career. I agree, and I, it's so hard for me at this point. Johnson's one of the first drivers where, you know, when I started getting sport, Gordon was already. Had been in it for a while with you know three championships. Tony Stewart I was just coming off his rookie season. Kurt Busch, they were. I mean, I saw Jimmy Johnson from the. He's one of the first drive I've really I've seen since the beginning, full, full circle. And so this is a big like uh, emotional season for me watching it and just uh, passing of the guards kind of thing. And just really because um, I think Gordon and Stewart. We're sort of a generation. Johnson was like, I think, half part of that, but then half of another. And then so I think it's going to be interesting what phases we see uh, following Johnson the next coming years. I mean, you got Harvick. Harvick. 
um, who's you know obviously still going for championships and wins, and I think ex- you know signed extended his contract for Stuart Haas recently. Um, Kurt Busch, um, who you know, I think two thousand thousand one was his first was yep. his rookie season. So we'll, it'll be an interesting season to follow these guys and just see how it all plays out. And uh, like we said, going to Vegas, so it's time to make. You know, I didn't go back and keep track because I knew our record of picking the winners was not that great, <laughs> which is exactly why I don't bet on sports. But uh, it's time to make our picks for this weekend coming up at Las Vegas. Who you got? I, I already know. I'm Jimmy Johnson's my pick. Until he wins, he's my pick. I don't care what the stats say. I don't care what anybody says. Johnson's my pick for Vegas on Sunday. I, I think I'm going with the other team that was dominant last year. Um, not my favorites, but uh, I think the fall 2018 winner, I think Brad Kozlowski's going to He's got three wins at Las Vegas. So I, I think he's, um, if not him, Joe, I mean, I'm picking Brad, but I think him or Joey are going to step up since they weren't able to do it at Daytona. I think we're going to see, just like we did last year, it's going to be Gibbs, Pinsky. Um, I would love it. I mean, it'd be so amazing. I would love it more than ever to see Johnson and Victory Lane and Hendrick Motorsports to start off strong. Um, I, I remember years ago, um, I think it was 2009 when I was in college, and I think and Johnson like won the first two races post Daytona. And my friend, college pals were just like, man, this guy just doesn't stop. Um, so it'd be great to see Johnson back kind of having that thrive again and, and those victory lanes and people just going, well, this guy just stop. I mean, I want that again so badly. <laughs> there, were, there was a time and by like 2009, I was like, okay, Johnson, I like you, but this is starting to get old. I, I want, I, part of me wants that again. I want to see win after win. Yeah, I, I do too, and it'll be great if it happens. And whatever happens, it's good to be back, man. I've missed being here on the Fox 4 race zone. Uh, the off season was just kind of kind of weird because uh, I always enjoyed talking with you fans and and uh, talking NASCAR with my uh, co-host here, Brian. But uh, we're here now until the end of the season and a little bit different format, a little bit time, different time of the week so we can catch you up on what happened on the previous week and we can look forward to what's going on the next weekend. So uh, whatever happens, like I say, we'll be here each and every week. I'm Sam Atwell. And I'm Brian Dooley. This is the Fox 4 Race Zone. See you next week.